Hello, and welcome to Blockbuster Nights. I'm Megan. And I'm Eric. And this week, we've rented Big Trouble in Little China from 1986. And neither one of us have seen this movie, which apparently, after researching, I found out is crazy because everyone has seen this movie and <laughs> yeah. we are in the rare box of people who have not so yeah just never came up on my radar i don't know i don't know why i never saw it i just it was never on tv or anything i don't know yeah weird. until eric until you suggested this i'd never heard, even heard of this movie so <laughs> yeah it's exciting yeah all right, so we're going to flip it over on that VHS box and give you a quick synopsis according to the 1986 Fox Media back of the box. Here we go. <laughs> High adventure in an underground kingdom. Kurt Russell stars as Jack Burton, a big-talking, wisecracking trucker who suddenly hurled into a wild adventure even he could never invent. At the root of it all is Lo Pan, James Hong a 2,000-year-old evil magician who rules an empire of spirits beneath San Francisco's Chinatown. Doomed to a fleshless existence, he can only be saved by a green-eyed Asian beauty. When the fiancé, played by Susie Pye, of Jack's friend, Dennis Dunn, is kidnapped by Lopan's minions, Jack goes to the rescue. He finds himself dodging demons, grappling with goblins, and facing baffling terrors like the room of the upside-down hell as he battles his way through the labyrinth of Lopan's dark domain. Imaginatively directed by John Carpenter with an array of amazing special effects, co-starring Kim Control, this action fantasy speeds along with all the surprises, twists, and thrills of a funhouse roller coaster. 99 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a funhouse. I'll give it that. Yeah, let's dive in. We'll just start off right where the where the movie starts with, well, I I, I guess first off is that that weird scene in the beginning with the lawyer and Egg Shin, who we found out apparently was not even originally supposed to be part of the movie. Yeah. So that that was added on after the executives saw it. They wanted some sort of like synergy or something. I don't know. What, what do executives this, want? Yeah, apparently this scene was added on because the studios wanted the white male, you know, whatever, to be the hero of the film. Whereas John Carpenter, that was not quite his plan because um, Dennis Dunn, who played Wang Shi, was the hero, the protagonist. So yeah. the story actually makes a lot more sense when you look at it that way. <laughs> So instead of starting in his truck, the Pork Shop Express, which I love, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we had this weird little scene kind of just thrown in the beginning with Egg. Yeah, talking about what a great hero that yeah, he Jack even, Burton was. Yeah, I think he even was. stated, you know, like, he's a great hero. Yeah, and why is the lawyer looking for him? Like, what's the point? Like, there's no point. It's <laughs> yeah. obvious. It, it was So for, for two people who have never seen this movie before, it was a little confusing because we saw this and then we're like, okay, they're setting something up. But, you know, after watching it and then looking back on the whole thing, you realize that, okay, it makes a lot more sense if Wang is the actual hero and, and Jack is the as the sidekick so right. all right so we have that scene and then we move directly to i think where the movie is actually supposed to begin with uh jack rumbling down the road in his big truck and he's <laughs> talking you know crap all, all over the the cb radio you know big big man riding into town this is jack burton in the pork chop express and i'm talking to whoever's listening out there he meets up with uh, Wang at San Francisco's Chinatown at his, looks like in a fish market, I guess, or food market. Yeah. 
And I think this is obviously this is a very pivotal scene because not only does Jack win the card game, but he also demonstrates his ability, which is like his, I wouldn't call it a superpower, but it's it's the one thing that Jack can do, which is he can catch stuff really well. <laughs> it's all in the reflexes. <laughs> all in the reflexes. I like his character. Like, I like getting to know Jack Burton through mm-hmm. this. And I think I, what I, I wrote down in my notes when I was watching it was like, he's kind of very cowboy-esque, like yeah. Western-y, which is very intentional because apparently Kurt Russell based his character on John Wayne. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Which I thought sense. was cool. Like, I definitely saw that. That came through. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like he he knows he's playing a character, which is kind of funny. Like, Jack knows he's playing a character. Not, the bumbling. Not Kurt Russell. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. All right. So from there, we move to the airport because Wang has to pick up his fiance, Miao Yin. And Jack wants to make sure he gets paid. So he offers to escort him to the airport. And then once there, they come across a street gang named the Lords of Death. And I tell you, these guys, I, I loved their look. I mean, that was just some pure 80s. <laughs> Street gang look. That was, that was great. I don't know how that guy saw all those glasses. No, oh, right. The glasses. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and we and, also meet Gracie Law. Yeah. yeah. Played by so Kim we, Cattrall. We meet Gracie Law, who's there to pick up a friend of hers, also on the same plane as Miao Yin, I, I assume. But the Lords of Death are waiting to capture the girl, I guess, and sell mm-hmm. her as a sex slave. But once Jack intervenes, they decide to take Miao Yin instead. So that screws everything up so i i didn't quite catch that at the like i understood like they i didn't understand why they were there or why they were like the whole interaction <laughs> yeah. of the the scene i just like i understood things were happening but i just didn't understand why like right. did any of that come across to you is it escalated like with all the street fighting and everything i just kind of wrote what is happening in yeah. my notes. <laughs> okay i was very confused okay all right yeah so a lot of ninja in going on <laughs> Yeah, I, I very cool, but yeah, I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell like which gangs were which. And okay, so yeah, this this is when we move into the the gang fight in in Chinatown. So mm-hmm. so obviously Jack and Wang they follow the Lords of Death into this back alley into Chinatown where they witness a funeral procession that's starting, which then erupts into a fight between two ancient Chinese societies, <laughs> the Chang Sing and the Wing Kong, who were who the Lords of Death work for. Okay. They work for a bigger gang, the they Wing work, Kong. They work for the Wing Who Kong. Who wear okay. red, by the way. Okay. And then the, the red team. And then the Chang Sing, they wear yellow. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. And then Jack and, and Wang are just kind of caught in the middle of this street fight. Like, people are whipping out guns, swords. That's, I wrote, anything. Ro- guns in a, in a knife fight. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. Like, there's a lot of martial arts going on, which I guess is what John Carpenter was going for. But there's also like a lot of gunplay. Yeah. It was a weird it's like mismatch. like shootout at the OK Saloon in Chinatown. But also with a lot of swords, <laughs> which, I mean, you would think if somebody's got an Uzi, the fight would be over. But no, they're, you know, they're, they're going. So <laughs> in the middle of this fight, it's interrupted by three ancient warriors known as the Three Storms, Thunder, Rain, and Lightning. At this point, I was just... I was along for the ride. I was like, I don't know what's happening. The one guy I saw, which I guess was lightning, I was like, hey, it's Raiden. Like, remember I even even said, I was like, it's Raiden. And come to find out that this movie influenced Mortal Kombat? (laughs) I wouldn't know. I don't... (laughs) I'll take your word for it. But I did read that, yes. Yeah. So... (laughs) That makes sense, I guess. And I also happen to notice that one of the henchmen from, I guess, the Wing Kong is a guy named Al Leong, who is like a henchman in like every 80s and 90s movie. Like he's in everything. Wasn't he in the foot? 
in I, he Turtle, probably one was. of the Turtle movies? Yeah, he he looked very familiar. I, I know I he's, thought he was, he's but maybe not. He's definitely in Last Action Hero. I okay. Remember. He might be the guy who gets impaled with the ice cream cone in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I just... And he's in, um, he's in Die Hard. Oh, nice. He's yep. the guy who gets the candy bar down in the yes. lobby. Okay. So okay. I, I was like, it's Al Leong. He's in here. He's in this movie too. So he's in everything. Okay. This fight's happening. Jack decides they need to get out of there. So he guns his big rig. He thinks he runs over a decrepit old man who is apparently named David Lopan, which is a great name, <laughs> by the way. He thinks he's killed him, jumps out of his truck. He finds that Lopan is unharmed and glowing with ancient magic. And he's then blinded because he looks at him. <laughs> I looked down at my notes. What is happening again? <laughs> I, I was starting to pick up at this point that Jack is a bit of a, of a bumbler. Like he doesn't really yeah. have a plan. He's just kind of going with the flow. Right, and right. he's just, he's like reacting as yeah. best he can. Mm -hmm. to he doesn't know what's going on either, by the way. Yeah. I love that. I think Jack is all of us in yeah. this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he has so. a lot of questions. I know it's like, what is that? What? What? Yeah. So he's Why? the, he's the audience surrogate yeah. that way. <laughs> Because we're asking those I same agree, questions. I agree, Jack. Why? What? Yeah. So Wang and, and Jack, uh, they get away through the alleys. Jack can see again. But after they escape the carnage, the gang steals Jack's truck, which is hilarious. <laughs> the Pork Chop Express. So, so the guys head back to Wang's restaurant where... Who's waiting there for him? Gracie Law. So that's a bit of a coincidence. Also, Wang's buddy, Eddie Lee, and Egg Shin, who we met at the very beginning. We finally meet him here again in in Wang's restaurant. And he works, Egg works with the Chang scene, with the yellow. Right. The yellow group. So Team yellow. He's kind of like a, I guess, a wizard or like a mystical being, like yes. some sort of like... Mm -hmm opposite force to to low pan we don't i don't right. think we know this at this point but uh, i guess we come to find out that and he's been trying to defeat low pan for a long time right apparently so okay david Lopan. do we know how old iction is i don't know i don't think we're ever told that information so it's possible he could be as you know i like ancient. that he gives tours though yeah, <laughs> yeah i like his tour bus <laughs> Yeah, we get some exposition in this scene, uh, a little bit more about uh, magic, sorcery. And I just want to, um, one thing about Egg Shin's garage office trivia here. It says that Fire Station 23, the same building used as the business interior in Ghostbusters, was the interior of Egg Shin's garage and office. I oh, thought that was really cool. That is really I'll have to go back and look and see if I can... If you can tell. Yeah, mm. that was a neat... Yeah, because it there. was kind of a long, long corridor of a space, wasn't it? And they kind of had, because mm -hmm. they had a bunch of stuff in there. And they even had a fire pole. <gasps> You're right. That dropped down into the yes. into the subway. You're right. I do remember the fire pole now. No, oh, that's kind of funny. So yeah, we get all this information. Jack obviously doesn't care anything about the magic. He just wants his truck back. He wants his truck back. All right, where's my truck? I'm out of here. It's like, where's my truck? There's my truck. My truck. So that, that the man gives, wants his truck. That gives him his goal. Yes. But Wang obviously wants Miao Yin. So we, we kind of have a setup here. Two goals. Two goals. <laughs> One mission, One I mission. guess. <laughs> right. At this point, I was also kind of thinking, I was like, what is the point of this movie? I don't quite understand it yet, but it's... It, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Time. I mean, it was a fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the group decides to infiltrate a brothel where they believe the Lords of Death are holding Miao Yin and they manage to break in. Uh, however, the three storms arrive before they can rescue her and they rip the ceiling off the building and fly off with Miao Yin. 
we find out later the storms take her to their master, which is Lopen, which we met earlier. So Glowing green eyes. So things yes. are yes, things are starting to coalesce a little bit. Jack and Wang are able to track down the business Lopan uses as a front for his evil doings, which is just <laughs> classic 80s. Like, what does this guy do? We don't know. Evil he's just, sorcerer. He's just an evil guy David. with a with a front building. <laughs> for like, that was a lot of security for, yeah. like, what, what does this building Kinda do? Kind of like Miami Vice vibes there. Yeah. Like the front for. It's just weird. Underground like, are they doings. Sh- are they a shipping company? <laughs> or do they make stuff? Do they make, you know, I saw a lot of like, ceramics and stuff in there but they managed to impersonate some electricians which i don't know how that worked to get them in there but sure we'll go with it uh, but rain of the three storms shows up and takes them down thunder ties them up and gives them a beating <laughs> before they have to meet lopan in his crippled old man form so i think this is important because we learn that lopan is not just a mystical being he's also tied to this corporeal old form that we learn later he's trying to get rid of yes i'm not brought upon this world to get it there are many mysteries many unanswerable questions even in a life as short as yours and i love james hong the yeah. david lopan the actor he's yeah. amazing <laughs> so was this his breakout role or was he in a bunch know. of stuff before this good question hmm. because i mean we recognized him from like you know he's in everything so you know when you see him it's like mm-hmm. there he is but Maybe so I don't. This funny little old man. He's like, indeed. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> you know, you know. This reminded me a lot of like a cartoon, like a live mm. action cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's very much just it's silly and it knows it's silly. Right. So <laughs> it kind of just you just go with it. I think it's uh it's one of those movies that you watch. You know, when you've had a little bit to drink. You know, you're just having <laughs> having fun and you just want a good a good relaxing. I'm, I'm I missed this as a kid. Like, yeah, I think as a wow, kid, it would have been, been amazing. Much like, more I entertaining. I see how this would be a great right like, and nostalgia. So we were reading all these reviews, and people were just like fawning over this movie, and we're like, "What is everybody <laughs> talking about?" It's like this movie is like, yeah, like Tom Hanks and Big. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I think it's all nostalgia. I really yeah. do. I think you know, you see this as a kid, you love it, and now you, as an adult, you love it even more. Still love it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love plenty of terrible movies from the eighties, <laughs> so I, you know. So at this point, we learn that Lopan needs a special green-eyed girl to break an ancient curse, and uh, Miao Yin is going to be that woman because centuries ago, Lopan was a great warrior and an even better wizard. But unfortunately for him, the sovereign emperor of China, Qin Shi Huang defeated him in an epic battle. To punish him, the emperor cursed him with incorporeality, which I assume is like he's not completely corporeal, which is his, I guess, his demon form, but also he's tied to a a body here on earth. Right. uh, An old, frail body. Mm -hmm. So although Lopan can temporarily take the form of of a decrepit body to break the curse, he must marry a Chinese woman with green eyes to appease the god of the east named Ching Dai. He must immediately sacrifice her to satisfy the old emperor. So we've got a bunch of stuff going on. There's now. a lot of layers in this. <laughs> yeah. So he's got to find a green-eyed girl, Chinese girl. He's got to marry her and then sacrifice her. Mm-hmm. And she has to pass a test. She has to be worthy. Right. So we don't even, I don't even think we learned that yet. No. But that's, Jumping that's another, yeah. like that's another layer. So there's, 
There's a lot for Lopan to do. I almost feel like maybe this is Lopan's story. <laughs> like you know, Lopan's trying. He's got a lot of demons, literally. Yeah. He's working out. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 really got a, a task here that he's obviously been working on for what like two thousand years, right? So indeed. Yeah. So Jack and Wang, their friends Eddie and and uh, Eggshin arrive to save them, but Lopan's thugs capture them too. Jack, Eddie, and Wang eventually manage to take down Thunder and escape. And once they're free, they they release many of the women held captive there. I assume these were women that Lopan was going to try to maybe marry. Yeah, I marry. guess so. I, I was kind of confused. Did they all have green eyes? I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't didn't think so. But I don't know. I just random so. women. We're just we're just <laughs> rescuing random women. That's that's all that's happening. Get them out. Uh, and then, just as everyone's about to escape, some weird orangutan creature appears and snatches up Gracie before she can leave. I read somewhere that was the Chinese wild man, who's a sort of equivalent to the Sasquatch, and Carpenter envisioned him to be a cross between a wolf and Nosferatu. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, so it was at this point where um, I was just like, I, like I've just lost the whole thing. At this, yeah. Like, um, that threw me into Labyrinth, like that movie yeah. Labyrinth, like with the creatures, weird creatures. That was Henson, right? Yeah. Disney? Yeah. Or Henson? Yeah. Not that kind of that. Yeah, like this movie just, it goes a whole nother level. Like we're talking <laughs> demon creatures now. And that was a pretty good creature. I, you know, I thought yeah. it was pretty scary. And I didn't what, see it coming. I didn't, I didn't see either. I, yeah. I didn't think, I thought it was Lopan that was watching from the, from the picture or from right. the statue. I didn't realize it was this creature thing. Oh, and then the eyeball thing too was another creature they encountered. Yeah. The weird, that was just like floating eyeball. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you realize there are no more rules. <laughs> like anything in this movie, absolutely goes. And didn't he get shot? Didn't they shoot the thing? Or yeah, who who shot him? Do you remember? I think, I think it was was Jack. I think Jack shot, shot him. In, yeah. yeah, in the face. Because <laughs> that's all in he's got. <laughs> he's just got face. <laughs> he's getting face shot. All right, so uh, once Gracie's captured, Lopan is quick to notice that Gracie also has green eyes, but she's not Chinese, so how can she meet the requirements? Again, I was confused. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who knows? So Eggshin, the Changsing, Wang, and Jack regroup before heading back to Lopan's lair. They slide down the, the pole and they go through the underground. And then on the way, Egg pours each of them a group of his magical potion, and they all feel kind of invincible after it. So obviously they're they're preparing Miao Yin and Gracie to both be married because Lopan's decided he's going to marry them both, right. kill one of them, mm-hmm. and keep the other one with his new young body. Yes. But it seemed to me that Gracie was kind of like she was able to snap out of the trance a little bit. I, it seems so. It seemed. And I thought that was so. Yeah. Going to go somewhere else, but I mean, I guess that kind of came around later. But uh, Miao Yin never really did. And then they both are taken into the marriage ceremony. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and then Jack fires a few rounds of bullets into the ceiling, yeah, and <laughs> knocks himself out, right, <laughs> taking himself out of the equation right. for a bit. Which I, when I saw that, like it finally clicked for me. I was like, okay, this guy is He's really the sidekick. Really is just not does not. I mean, it should have been apparent to me like when they were in the warehouse and Wang's like kicking, kicking the crap yeah. out of everybody, and Jack is nowhere <laughs> to be done. seen. He's like taking care of business. Yeah, and he just Jack ran just, off. Like, <laughs> Asking questions. Yeah. Where's and, my truck? Where's my truck? Yeah. <laughs> the man just wants his truck. I want my truck back now. Where the hell am I? So I think it finally clicked to me that at that point I was like, okay, he's really just along for the ride. He's not right. really he's not really doing anything. Right. But 
you know, in, in the end, Jack does manage to kill Lopan. So he catches the knife, which is his one skill. He catches <laughs> it and throws it right back <laughs> at him. So this whole time, Wang's been fighting with Rain. I think he manages to defeat Rain with his, with his skills. Thunder explodes with rage, <laughs> which was weird. Like, I, I feel with Thunder. I wish I could do that someday. <laughs> did, did you wish you could do that while watching this movie? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And then Lightning almost manages to, to get them, but Eggshin throws them a lifeline and then throws a stone Buddha onto Lightning, which apparently kills him. So uh, pretty yeah. pretty easy to kill these guys. And actually said in the last scene featuring the character Lightning, the last frame of the Lightning effect forms the Chinese characters of Carpenter, which is a tribute to John Carpenter. Interesting. This is, there's a still image of this somewhere. So again, I'm going to go find that one too. Oh, I think interesting. that's really cool. Well, I totally missed that, but <laughs> I can't read Chinese, so story's over. All the heroes have made it out. Um, oh, well, no, they they find Jack's truck in mint condition, of course, as they're, of course. As they're leaving. So, yep. uh, And they, they break out, and then they're yep. back at the restaurant for a celebration. Then when he's driving his truck, the Pork Chop Express, when he's mm-hmm. back on that, mm-hmm. um, he's on the CB. He actually throws back to the Elements in that oh does it yeah he's saying you know when the take my advice or old old jack's advice and when the thunders are crashing and the thunders rolling rain's coming down and then he kind of goes on his little rant there that's kind of cool yeah so i thought that was kind of neat yeah that's neat i thought it was interesting that that jack decided to to drive off into the sunset without the girl but i did you know i i think it's interesting that they went that way instead of going with like it seemed like they were going with like a forced romance between the two right like, i felt they had like some chemistry i don't think yeah i didn't get the i didn't get that direction i didn't think it was playing out as a romance particularly yeah because i don't know i just didn't get that i liked how she's like you're gonna are you going to kiss me before you go and he's like no yeah yeah i mean i think that was more appropriate because i think if they had tried to end with the two of them together it would have yeah i don't think that would have worked i i was when they did kiss the one time in the in the i guess they were in the i don't know where they were but i i didn't really buy it yeah i was like this yeah is, it would yeah i just didn't seem i was like, like it why was. <laughs> do these do these two even like each other right like, i don't even i don't get it but then at the very end turns out the <laughs> the monster's on the back of his truck, so dun, dun, dun. so Jack's gonna have to deal with that. Like, how did the monster get to the back? Did he I, just hide in there I, before they took the truck? I don't know. <laughs> what and, is happening? And what's it? Gonna, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that that's that's pretty much the the whole story. Yeah, and it's a mashup that Carpenter has described as an action adventure comedy kung fu ghost story monster movie. That's a lot of genres. Correct. Agree. No lies detected. That's a lot crammed into one. I guess if you're John Carpenter, you can do that. <laughs> and it was originally scripted as an 1890s Western, apparently. Mm. So that evolved quickly into a lot of layered... Sure did. Yeah, I can't imagine how that, how that would have worked. But I have a question. If you mm. had to guess a body count for this movie... They actually have a body count on this one. Oh, really? <laughs> what would your guess be? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I... <laughs> on a scale of no one to... Maybe 50? You're really close. It was oh. 46. Okay. Yeah. Body right. count, 46. Yeah, because uh-huh. I, I guess the most of them would have been in that initial fight in the streets. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's a lot of the carnage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I noticed, too, when they were when they were trying to break out the women, apparently Lopan is an equal opportunity employer because he had a bunch of female goons. Oh, that's right. Which, I did notice that. Which yes. was good. I, I was yes. like, female ninja goons. <laughs> All right. Go ninja lady. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. So 
so that was cool. And there's talk of a remake with The Rock. The Rock wants to remake this with John Carpenter. Thoughts? Oh my god! Yay, nay. Do you think they should remake this? Do you think it needs to just no? Stay I don't think they should remake the classic, this. the cult classic that it is. I you know every time they try to remake something, I just don't think it works. Like, remember when they tried to remake Total Recall? Yes. Like I never. Like, I love the original Total Recall. <laughs> yeah. The new Total Recall, I will not see because right. it's not on Mars. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I, don't, I, I just cannot don't... see this movie being remade. Like, yeah. I just don't. It's just so zany, crazy, yeah, WTF. And... Like, I just don't see how they can capture that lightning in the bottle again with today in uh, today. And it flopped when it first came out. It did. Like, the only reason people like it now is because it's, like, become a cult classic. Because yeah, they and, saw it when they were kids. Yeah, and they were saying, like, who was it? The Fox? didn't They didn't put a lot of money into marketing it or promoting it because they didn't know how. Yeah. Like, they didn't know how to do it. And it got kind of overshadowed by Alien or Aliens, which oh. came out 16 days later. Oh, well, that would make sense. So that sense. kind of crushed its, its um But, yeah, how do you market a movie like this? Like, what is it? Well, and, yeah, <laughs> Kurt Russell was like, you know, I don't even know. You know, there's a lot of layers here. I'm not even sure yeah. how to market this. It's a difficult picture to sell because it's hard to explain, yeah. he said. All right, what's going on, Wang? It's so. almost it's almost like an indie film in a way. Like, Well, John Carpenter is kind of. I feel like he's that, more I mean, that's, unique. That's the only his... selling point is it's like a John Carpenter film. Yeah. So he's he's definitely has his own groove. Yeah. And I, I one thing I noticed with that title or the theme song at the end mm-hmm. was sung by him in the Coupe de Ville's or Coupe de Ville, de Ville's, okay. which is him, Nick Castle, who played the shape, Michael Myers. Oh. And um, he actually co-wrote uh, Escape from New York, too, with mm. him. And Tommy Lee Wallace, who was the second unit director of this movie. Mm, okay. So I know. I mean, as from what I understand, John Carpenter is pretty big on on music. So I think doesn't he take care of like he? Yeah, he, I think he does a lot of the music for yeah, his movies. Scores or he has a that big. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a big influence on it. He doesn't like leave it out to anybody else. Yeah, um, and he was all in for Kurt Russell doing this. Yeah. So. Well, that's probably because he worked of, with him on a lot of other films, like yeah, Escape, Escape from, from New York. New York. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> what he was coming off of, because uh, I think that came out in like '82 or something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, there was a lot going on here. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely. Um, what did the? Let's go back to the back of the box. High Adventure in an Underground Kingdom. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, I feel bad for the person who had to write that back of the box <laughs> synopsis because that um, <laughs> to sum all that up in right a paragraph. It was definitely right. Yeah, but I, I do think it makes a lot more sense being Wang's story than it does Jack's. Absolutely. Yep. We jack the sidekick and yep. comic relief kind of. and It might be worth a rewatch looking at it through that lens. Yeah, for sure. Maybe making it a something we, we watch a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you think? Is this a keep or return for you? When I first started watching it, I was like, this is, I'm going to return this. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no way I'm ever watching this again. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why do people like this movie? But now I want to hang on to it for a little bit because I may venture back into this world because it's kind of fun. Okay. I get it. I get it now. So this is a, this is a weekend keeper. It's a weekend keeper. All right. You're going to keep it. It might be a sleeper hit for me. Okay. (laughs) You're going to keep it, watch it again, maybe take it back on Monday. Yeah. There you go. What about you? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I at the very like when we first finished the movie, I was like, "Well, that's a returner." But the more I've I've you know read about it and kind of dove into it and understood it a little bit better, I I it's growing on me. Yeah. So I love how much people love this movie. Like yeah. it just holds a special place in their hearts, and I yeah. love movies like that that yeah. <laughs> like I, that for people. I agree. 
so nostalgia factor. I think this is I think this is a keeper in that I, I'm going to need to just give it some time to to gestate and and live with it a little bit and watch it a few more times and because there's a you know there's a bunch of movies out there that I do not like the first time I see them but right. the more that I see them the more that I understand what's going on and this yeah. is one of those for me agreed yeah All and right. what do you guys think have you seen this movie do you love it do you hate it do you get it <laughs> let us know do yeah. you think it should be remade yeah. is the question do did, you agree with the rock did you get it do you the smell first... what the rock is thinking oh, cook God. it <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Did you uh, did you get it when you first saw it? Like, did it immediately click with you, or did or it... what memories do you have with it? Yeah, I'd love to hear that too. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening and joining us this week for Big Trouble in Little China. We will see you guys next time. And until then, I'm Eric, and I'm Megan. And, and be kind and rewind. Yeah. See y'all later. <laughs>